Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture. A better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humix Solutions with a Human Touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more. A federal appeals court has ruled the state of California cannot require a cancer warning label on Roundup products containing glyphosate. The ruling on Tuesday upheld a lower court's permanent injunction against the state and said it was unconstitutional to require such labels. In 2015, the International Agency for Research on Cancer declared glyphosate was probably carcinogenic to humans. A consensus of the scientific community does not share that determination. Still under California's Proposition 65 passed by voters in 1980, 86, the state required businesses whose products expose consumers to glyphosate to provide warnings that glyphosate is a carcinogen. A group of agricultural businesses, including the National Association of Wheat Growers, National Corn Growers Association, Crop Life America, Agriculture Retailers Association, and Monsanto Company, among others, took legal action that ended up at the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit in San Francisco. The plaintiffs alleged the warning label requirements violated their First Amendment rights of free speech. For the first time in nearly 50 years, plans have been approved to begin construction of a new reservoir that, when completed, will add one and a half million acre feet to California's water storage capacities per year. Governor Gavin Newsom has fast-tracked the site's reservoir project. It will be located in Glen and Calusa counties in California's Sacramento River Valley, the northern half of the state's Central Valley. Future beneficiaries include 22 storage partners that represent water delivery agencies serving over 24.5 million people and over 500,000 acres of farmland. Newsom was able to fast-track the project because of a recently passed package of laws to accelerate critical infrastructure projects across California that will help build a 100% clean electric grid, ensure safe drinking water, and boost the state's water supply and modernize the transportation system. That according to the governor's website. By streamlining permitting, cutting red tape, and allowing state agencies to use new project delivery methods, these new laws will maximize taxpayer dollars and accelerate timelines of the projects. One measure would require courts to resolve challenges to the project under the California Environmental Quality Act within 270 days, possibly averting years of delays through litigation. The site's reservoir would capture extra water during years of high precipitation, then make it available for households, the environment, and an estimated 500,000 acres of agricultural land. Current plans are to begin construction in 2026, with completion of the project slated for 2032. Newsom's action responds to a call from many different interests, including agriculture, to enhance the state's capacity for water storage. The California Department of Food and Agriculture's Office of Environmental Farming and Innovation has announced an award of more than $1.14 million in grants for demonstration projects in its Healthy Soils program. The demonstration grants fund on-farm demonstration projects that collect data, showcase conservation management practices, and create a platform promoting a widespread adoption of healthy soils practices throughout the state. Each of the grant awardees will reach out to a minimum of 80 individual California farmers or ranchers through outreach events during the grant term. 
attendees at events may include farm and ranch owners and their employees, including certified crop advisors, pest control advisors, and other key farm advisors. The awardees will share tips on how to implement the demonstrated practices successfully, as well as discuss the benefits and effectiveness of the practices. The complete list of grant awardees, project descriptions, and counties where projects are to be located can be found on the CDFA website. The California legislature has turned the Climate Resilient Food and Farm Campaign into a two-year effort. AB 408, the Climate Resilient Farms Sustainable Healthy Food Access and Farm Worker Protection Bond Act of 2024, was introduced by Assemblymember Lori Wilson in January of 2023. The bill proposes $3.65 billion for infrastructure that would reduce agriculture's greenhouse gas emissions while bringing healthier food options to California communities and increasing protections for essential farm workers. The produce industry continuously evolves and more recently inflation, consolidation and sustainability have been important topics of discussion. While it's often growers and shippers discussing these subjects, how are they received on the buying side? Perry Elm Produce's president, Brent Shamo, comments on the impact from a buyer's perspective. Perry Elm is a produce distributor servicing 170 independent grocery stores in the Pacific Northwest, operating in Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Oregon. He says they supply co-ops under the Yolks Super One Family Foods and Harvest Foods banners. Since the formats are all different, varying from upscale to discount, perishable dominated and limited assortment, the produce selection also differs per store. On average, their warehouse in Washington holds between 2,300 and 2,500 SKUs. He says they source their produce as locally as they can, focusing on the growing regions of Washington, Idaho, Oregon, and Montana. Shamo said that local offerings are supplemented with produce from California, northern Mexico, and Texas to a limited extent. Sourcing locally allows them to offer their customers produce with a better shelf life. In addition, he says they're limiting the carbon footprint. While it's better for the environment, it's also more cost-effective. Changes in the produce industry are affecting the buying side of the spectrum. Recently, there's been a lot of consolidation across many different commodities, he said. It has really changed our way of buying as they don't have as many sourcing options to choose from anymore. Where there had been three options to buy a certain commodity in the past, they may have only one option now, which makes it harder to buy. As a result, it's tougher to get produce quickly and relationships with suppliers have become increasingly important. On top of consolidation, weather impacts have had a major impact on produce buyers this year. California grapes have been in short supply due to Hurricane Hillary, and varietal berries have been hard to get due to weather in California. Recently, he said they had a three-week gap on blueberries due to supply issues in Peru. Another trend Shamo has been witnessing is deflation in the produce section. People are buying more of the things that are less expensive like apples and potatoes. They're skipping higher value products like grapes. In fact, Perignon has sold fewer grapes this year as people switch to lower margin items. In general, consumers are tightening their belts. Their baskets are smaller and they are turning away from buying fresh produce. He says they're noticing a downtick in fresh produce sales as consumers are worried about a possible pending recession. While each store offers different produce selections, some trends are noticeable across all store formats. First of all, Shamo is witnessing consumers turning away from bagged items. COVID drove the consumption of bagged produce as it was perceived to be safer. However, bagged products seem to have been over-indexed and the trend is correcting itself with consumers going back to buying more bulk. And when it comes to packaging, consumers are increasingly interested in buying products and sustainable packaging that is recyclable and compostable. He says if they give their customers a choice, they'll gravitate towards sustainable packaging as long as the cost difference is not too big. 
Another trend is the increased demand for tropical and exotic produce items. During COVID, many people from bigger cities on the West Coast moved further east into the region. They were used to the availability of exotic produce in their local stores. As a result, the influx from the West has also increased the demand for exotic produce with items like Meridal, papayas, and dragon fruit being big sellers today. Rob Giradosian with Kern Ridge Growers LLC based in Arvin, California, says that right now carrots from California have lower than expected yields and reports indicate Mexico does as well. Other regions also in production currently are in Colorado, Michigan, Minnesota, and Canada. He says that he is hearing that most regions will finish their crops earlier this year, and he thinks that's when things will get very interesting on supply. Demand is good right now for carrots. He says the market pressure is very strong, and he thinks that with less on the market, there will be stronger demand for the Thanksgiving poll, but overall movement will be less than years past due to supply. Jared Ossian says this puts pricing at some of the highest levels that he has seen in the last three years, and all indicators say that pricing will continue to move up. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. And the roots can't move. They can't move the, the water. They, they are asphyxiated. They, they can't get enough oxygen to actually take up the water. And the tree collapses within two days or so. And so you see all these brown, tan-colored leaves hanging in the tree. UCCE Subtropical Farm Advisor Ben Faber warning about the effects of asphyxiation on citrus trees as a result of too much water being trapped in the root zone by mulch. While this isn't a typical issue for citrus trees, it can be during extreme wet years like the one growers experienced in 2023, and any asphyxiation that occurs has the potential to collapse mature trees and kill young ones. This, of course, isn't to discourage the practice of mulching citrus, which has been shown through extensive research to provide multiple benefits to trees and soil. Mulching is a way of blanketing the earth, and the earth doesn't like, I'm, I'm talking kind of like an earthy, but if you don't put something on the earth, something's going to arrive there, and you may not like it. So, you know, you put asphalt down, you put cement down, you put cover crop down, you spray herbicides, but you, then you can be fighting all the time. So mulch is another way of, you know, covering the earth, and what it does is it insulates it from a lot of different things so sunlight so the soil doesn't heat up as much but that means in the winter time it could be colder than bare soil um, it covers it so that when rain falls you know you don't get runoff get more infiltration so it, it, it improves soil moisture holding content after a rain um, it reduces erosion if you have any any slope at all you know we, you know, people say there's no slope out there. Well, there's always slope. 
and if you get enough rain and you get saturation, you're going to get runoff and you're going to get erosion. So, you know, mulch is protecting that surface so that you don't get erosion. So it keeps weeds down so you have less competition for water, which is good. But in the case of, um, you know, wet year, because it does insulate um, so that you don't get evaporative loss, uh, it maintains soil moisture. So if the, the soil gets wet and stays wet, um, like we happened in 1997-98, where it rained every week, every week, it came down, we'd get an inch, get an inch, and it's like, that's good up until a point, but um, we had, you know, citrus and avocados just collapsing from asphyxiation because there was never ever an opportunity for air entry. Uh, it was always wet, it was always saturated, and uh, mulch can exacerbate that. One of the things that mulch does is that it adds organic matter that promotes all those little bugs and stuff and worms, and, and that improves infiltration. So it opens up the soil. The increased water holding capacity aspect of mulching becomes an unintended consequence for growers when the rain comes and doesn't stop. Faber explained more the ways in which trees are affected in this situation. So a young tree will die. And I would say basically, you know, because it doesn't have an elaborated system. It doesn't have ground seeking roots that find environments that have air. Whereas a mature tree, it'll collapse, but they, they come back, you know, so I, I've seen this time and time again, that, that, you know, 30 year old uh, lemon trees go down and, you, you know, when something collapses, it goes down really fast. And it, it's usually because, you know, the, the weather is kind of cool and it's wet and then, it, and then suddenly the Santa Ana kicks in and you get it this intense demand for transpirational um, water use and, and the roots can't move they can't move the the, the water they, they 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 are asphyxiated they they can't get enough oxygen to actually take up the water and the tree collapses within two days or so and so you see all these brown tan colored leaves hanging in the tree well you know given Several weeks or so, that gradually the the buds start pushing, and you know it comes out of it, and you know, and it's all dependent on the soil drying out too. Mature trees rarely die, but boy, it's a pretty dramatic effect when they do go down. Mitigation measures include pulling back the mulch at the base of the tree to allow the sun to dry out the soil and the crown to be exposed to air. It's a lot of work, Faber said, but that's the solution. Ultimately, though, these conditions are something that should be anticipated as early as when planting trees. You know, if you're on flat ground, pinball flat ground, you want to put on trees onto berms or, you know, mounds or something like that. A, a, a rolling surface, you know, it doesn't have to be three feet high, it can be 18 inches high, but you know, something so that it can shed the water off the... The, the immediate crown, it's the crown area that's the important uh, zone. You know, if you can keep the crown, and you know what I'm talking about, the crown, you know, the, the stem, the trunk goes into the ground, and then you get the flare coming out right. of the, the, the major roots. 
Okay, those major roots make up the crown. So if you can make up uh, a zone that's two or three feet away from the, the uh, trunk so that those crown roots can stay at least somewhat aerated, um, it's, it's going to have a better chance. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. This segment was sponsored by Polymer Ag, makers of Anti-Stress 550, the climate stress solution. Find out more at polymerag.com. Farm and Food Groups showed a united front in calling on Congress to pass the Farm Bill now, despite the long odds of doing so anytime soon. Their campaign is called Farm Bill for American Families, with more than 100 groups urging Congress to act, even if it takes a short extension into early next year. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall joined a panel of food and food donation leaders recently at the National Press Club. If we don't have a farm bill, there'll be some serious disruptions in the programs. So plain and simple, we've got to have a farm bill, and it's got to be done in a timely manner. But Duvall admits time is not on his side. We understand the realities of the calendar, the legislative calendar, uh, and how difficult it is to get uh, get this through uh, by uh, the first of the year. We know that the new speaker put it as one of his priorities, and we were delighted to hear him do that. But if it takes a uh, extension, a short extension to get it done and get it done right, we will be there to help them do it. We need a new farm bill. And Duvall tells Congress, don't waste all the work you've done and kick the can down the road. But Duvall's unity with food retail and feeding groups is not reflected in Congress, where farm bill talks have stalled amid testy fights over farm versus supplemental nutrition assistance program spending. The Fertilizer Institute has reiterated its opposition to the Environmental Protection Agency's proposed rule to tighten national ambient air quality standards for fine particulate matter. The organization also voiced support for legislation to prohibit the EPA altering the standard at this time. TFI President and CEO Corey Rosenbush says only two years ago, the EPA confirmed that the current standard is protective of public health and the environment, adding they have not provided any reasoning as to what has changed in the past two years, aside from the fact that these emissions continue to decline. According to the government's own data, fine particulate matter emissions have declined by over 40 percent over the past 20 years, and they continue to go down. Additionally, the current rule balances environmental protection with robust commercial and industrial activity. TFI joined more than 70 other industry groups in a letter articulating the impact they say would have, as well as a faulty reasoning behind the change. But Duvall says he understands the realities of the legislative calendar and how difficult it is to get this through by the first of the year. When it comes to discussion regarding the possible extension of the current farm bill, USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack shares his views. There's no reason why this can't be done uh, early in 2024 if if there's the will to do so in in, in Congress. Um, I think the challenge uh, will will continue to be... um, uh, how uh, some of the changes that uh, members of Congress seek within the Farm Bill can be paid for. Uh, we think that there are some creative uh, ways to approach uh, the, those those challenges, uh, and we would encourage Congress to consider them as quickly as possible and get it done as quickly as possible. USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. 
Bayer has confirmed in an investor call that the company is considering splitting business units following poor financial results. They are redesigning Bayer to focus only on what's essential for their mission and getting rid of everything else, according to Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Anderson, who has been at the company's helm since June, says by the end of next year, Bayer will remove multiple layers of management and coordination. The company ruled out splitting into three divisions, but other options remain. Anderson adds in terms of structural options beyond maintaining three divisions, a separation of either consumer health or crop science remains under evaluation. Sales in the agricultural business were level year over year, and higher volumes in all regions were mostly offset by lower prices for glyphosate-based products. Corn seed and trait sales rose by 21.2%. Fungicides were up 16.2%. The soybean seed and traits business likewise posted double-digit percentage growth of 15.6%. By contrast, sales of herbicides were down by 17.3%. Nutrien has recently released the Bridging the Agricultural Perception Divide, a research study on the perception gaps between farmers and consumers in North America on issues such as sustainability, technology, and land usage. The report also indicates there is some common ground and opportunities for bridge building. The findings revealed that the largest perception gaps between farmers and consumers are related to environmental stewardship and industry advancement. For example, farmers were significantly more likely to agree with statements related to the responsible use of crop inputs, chemical use, environmental progress, farming careers, and soil quality. However, topics related to soil support for farmers reveal much closer agreement. The study also finds that younger consumers have the lowest interest and trust in agriculture. When farmers were asked about the top issues affecting the agriculture industry today, their responses included the rising cost of growing food, followed by a desire for consumers to have more knowledge about the industry and concerns around misinformation about where the food comes from. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. It's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante, imagination, innovation, science in action.